This episode of SWYE is brought to you by TacVent. If you wear Kevlar, you know how stifling they can get. TacVent can lower your body surface temperature by over 14 degrees. If roasting in the sun is the problem, TacVent is the solution. Go to TacVent.com and use the affiliate code MC10 for 10% off your purchase of TacVent. And now, this week's SWYE. HMMC. You're listening to the WYE Radio Network. On this episode of Ask WYE, Tom wants to know more about tourniquets from HM. The podcast that responds to all emergencies on and off the job. Here are your hosts, Motor Cop and the Happy Medic. Hi, gents. My question is primarily for HM regarding the use of tourniquets in the field or on the street by non-medical personnel. I served a few years in the Army uh, years ago, and while the drill sergeant showed us a method to apply a tourniquet, it was taught to only be used in fairly extreme conditions with arterial bleeding. After the Army, I did a career as a police officer down there in the Bay Area, not too far away from you guys. We were kept current on our basic first aid and CPR, but our only method of a bleeding control was direct pressure, key the mic, and call for medics code three. I've been retired several years now, and during that time, there seems to be a change in doctrine where the use of easily carried tourniquets are being more frequently issued and encouraged for use. Uh, for example, I recently attended a basic defensive pistol course at a private range in Oregon. It was open for all properly screened civilians as well as law enforcement. Most of the information was review for me. However, there was a one-hour block on applying a tourniquet by all first responders and on-scene citizens in critical situations. I'd like to hear M, uh, HM's thoughts and his recommendations on the matter. Thanks, guys. Hey, Tom, great questions. Thanks for sending that in to us. Uh, MC, this, this is a, a big issue that's coming up, especially around tourniquets. When we were younger... And, and folks that are out there uh, that remember going to a Boy Scout first aid or anything, it was life or limb. They're either going to die or they're going to lose their arm. You pick one. It, it, it's not that anymore. The kind of fear that's been built up about applying a tourniquet, we've got soldiers coming back. Uh, and unfortunately, that's where we learn a lot of our trauma care is in the, the war zone, right? In the theater. We've got soldiers coming in that have had to tourniquets on for half a day for a day that aren't losing their their limbs but the that, micro... that's not what i was taught way back when exactly the microsurgery capabilities especially now in the civilian areas are wonderful whereas if we can stop the bleeding they can go in and slowly release the tourniquet and let things happen but tom brings up an interesting point that in his law enforcement experience they really didn't get a lot of stop the bleed training other than hold pressure like he said, key up the mic, call for medics code three, mm -hmm. and then maybe a tourniquet. What I'm starting to see now is law enforcement officers are carrying tourniquets with them, at least one or two. Yep. Uh, not necessarily in the um, when they put on the tactical vest or they know they're going into a hot zone uh, where they've got their self-care. But I've just seen officers on patrol with a uh, combat application tourniquet just on their belt. Do you carry one? I have one on as a uh, part of a, a full kit mm -hmm. on the motorcycle. But you don't carry one separately? No, I don't. So that one that one in a kit on the motorcycle is for you or it's for anybody that might need it? Yep. Okay. No, both. Bo both of those things. That's fine. What we really need to do, and, and it's great that this range that he went to in Oregon 
offered this course because I think a self-care course for shooters, this is something Kelly Grayson, our good friend uh, yep. at Ambulance Driver Files, uh, talks about all the time is when you have something that's known to create holes in people and then they bleed out the holes, it's a good idea to know how to take care of that. There's a wonderful video I've mentioned on this show before. I want to say it's out of Clark County of officers encountering, encountering a suspect who's armed. They shoot him and immediately the weapons are holstered and the tourniquets come out and they save him. Yeah. That, that's where their mindset needs to be. Yeah, all, all, all too often we will see videos of, of officer-involved shootings and the officers just kind of stand there. They're for, standing there. Yeah, n- no, man. And, and I, <laughs> we have to render aid. I, underst- I understand that you're training. You know, the, the threat might still be there. You don't see the weapon. You don't want to approach them and roll them over and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, every, every situation is different. Every let me, situation let me put is different. But, but being able to have this device on you and to be able to throw it on there, pretty much the application of tourniquets these days, MC, is if we can't slow the bleeding with direct pressure, tourniquet. And it's only for the extremities. And this is where the, I'm going to go on a side tangent here, Wait, Tom, I, I if you don't mind I real shouldn't, quick. I shouldn't put that around the neck? No, you shouldn't. It'll uh, fit oh. around the neck. Oh, okay. But it doesn't go around the neck. Oh. One of the things going on right now, MC, is the whole uh, active shooter training. And we're, you know, uh, my kids are coming home from school talking about what their responsibilities are if there's a shooter at the school. Mm-hmm. Blows my mind. Yeah. But one of the other things that's happening is we're also being taught how to render aid. There isn't a lot of data that say that that says that people are bleeding out at these active shooting uh, uh, scenes. People are being shot in the head, the chest, and the abdomen. We can't apply a tourniquet to that. Yeah. So the idea that we're gonna that we're gonna come out and throw tourniquets in the in the schools and teachers will be carrying them, um, that's neat, I guess. If Johnny pokes himself with a pencil or something, <laughs> but Johnny's pretty aggressive with a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> He can be. Um, <laughs> but Tom, trying to get back to your point about the, the use of tourniquets. Uh, yes, they absolutely need to be available. Um, that range should have a bag up on the wall, a stop the bleeding kit uh, with a number of gauze pads, abdominal pads. Right next and to the AED. Right next to the defibrillator. Yep. And instructions on how to use these things. It's very simple. It's like when you go to the, uh, the fast food joint in the back or, you know, when you had that side job back in the day. It's got the poster on what to do if someone's choking. You may not have had that training necessarily but you can look at the poster and go oh okay i'm gonna hug him from behind and see if that works (laughs) it's a little bit more to it than that now we teach something at the airport where i work it's called uh run hide fight yep so what we did is we added help run hide fight help and we pretty much teach people how to put on a cat tourniquet with one arm because what if you're hit in an arm and you have to put the tourniquet on 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 yourself on yourself okay yes and these just citizens, you know, the, the cashier from the uh, currency exchange place comes in and she's frightened and she doesn't want to talk. And at the end of an hour and a half, we're teaching her how to disarm someone or at least distract them so that someone else could disarm them and how to apply a tourniquet one handed. And they're doing it. We want to give them that confidence on how to use this equipment. We can't just throw it out there and hope that they use it properly. Because like you said, in, in my class, I put the tourniquet around my neck and I say, it will fit <laughs> and it will stop the bleeding. Oh, permanently. <laughs> yes. All bleeding eventually stops. That's true. And MC, I would encourage uh, law enforcement especially, if you are carrying a tourniquet, ask your training staff or, or whoever for a training tourniquet and practice putting it on yourself. Not just sitting at the, the briefing table and I put it on my arm and I tighten it up. Climb under the table. Can you do it laying down? Can you do it without looking? Put your leg under a chair. 
can you put the tourniquet on without taking your leg out from under the chair? Give yourself obstacles. Yeah, challenge it. Challenge it. Don't do it until you get it right. Do it until you can't get it wrong. I do like you, that. I like that. Do you ever see people doing that in, in law enforcement where they, they get the tourniquet and then they just, oh, yeah, I got it. Keep it in the plastic here and we're good to go. I have seen that, yes. Uh, I've also, you know, a few years back when we did some active shooter training as part of the training, we went through the, the whole application of the combat uh, tourniquet and had to put it on somebody else, had to put it on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not really a high stress situation it's not like you've got your drill instructor over you yelling at you you know go go you firing off blanks or it, it's not that intense yeah but if you do it enough i mean it's it's pretty easy to do it, it is it's a very simple it's piece a simple of equipment it's a simple concept yes because we always give you a very easy way to put it on in an easy place. Oh, the the hand has been severed and you can't control the bleeding. Oh, okay, I'll put a tourniquet on. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. What we also teach at the Run Hide Fight Help is, okay, you don't have a tourniquet. What can you use? You know, it's it's funny you mention that. I got a call, guys, probably a couple of years ago now. A uh, guy lopped his hand off with, uh, you know, it, when it first came out, I thought they said chainsaw. Nope, chop saw. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, dude wasn't paying attention and basically cut his hand in half. Mm-hmm. And I show up and I we didn't have the the combat tourniquets at the time. It was just a basically a, a, a huge rubber band. Yeah, and I just put it around dude's wrist, tightened it off, and you know the heroes show up and, and I'm like, hey, th- this is the best I I can do with what I had. And they're yeah. like, great, uh, I'm gonna put ours on and we'll take yours off. Yeah. Okay, fine. They ended up reattaching dude's hand. Insane. It's now, you... if you go if you go back a number of decades, uh, if that wasn't put on, uh, certainly guy was going to bleed to yes. forever until he's not alive anymore. And maybe technology, you know, I'm not a doctor. Twenty, thirty years ago, uh, your hand's done. It, yeah, you're, they're, they're not reattaching anything. They they had the skills, knowledge, ability, tools to do it but they've become far more efficient at it. And that skill has trickled out from the core trauma hospitals to some of the outlying hospitals. So yeah. these specialty centers that have microsurgery departments that used to only be in the big research hospitals. As time goes on, those skills are coming out and we're, we're able to see more people not only surviving, but surviving intact from some of these injuries. Like you said, if you didn't have that rubber band with the squares on it that you have to stretch and, and do all that, what happens? Who knows? And it, it was under stress because this guy is in shock. He's freaking out. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally just wrapped the bejesus out of it and tightened it down as best I could. I am not a paramedic. I am not a, an you EMT. You don't need you to don't, be. And that's that's the thing. Do something. Yeah. Just do something. So here's the thing, guys. If you're thinking to yourself, well, I can go out and get one of those combat tourniquets myself. They, they run between 7 and 10 bucks off of you know, whatever website might have them for sale. But uh, are you wearing a duty belt? That'll work. Uh, some of these departments, you got a necktie, that'll work. You need something that's at least an inch wide to be able to constrict the flow of blood. That's all. That's it. Yeah. Not, uh, not terribly difficult. Yeah. Uh, is somebody nearby wearing a long sleeve t-shirt or a sweater? The sleeve of that thing will probably work. And again, this is just to slow the bleeding. This isn't a, okay, Johnny, back to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, t- we tied you off. Let's, yeah. let's get the, you're, let's finish hanging that drywall. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So that's a great question from Tom. Tom, thank you for thank sending you, in good the, stuff. the question to wyeradio.com. You go to the right hand of that website. You see the little icon that says Ask WYE. Click it. Leave your message. Boom. You come on the show. Easy peasy. Yep. 
The past couple of shows, however, we have been teasing something at the end of it. And I, I think it's about time we, we spill the beans. I think it is time we spill the beans. So <clears throat> if you listen to the entire show, you have become familiar with uh, our ending where I say, look out for planes. And I say, and you be say, safe on the bike because you're motor cop. That is, that is correct. As it turns out, I, I will always be motor cop. Yeah. However, come July of 2019, I will no longer be assigned to a motorcycle. <gasps> yeah. There's... The collective gasp I know, of the first I responder know. community right 13, now. 13 of 20 years on a motorcycle. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> we won't get into the whys and the wherefores. Uh, not my, initially, not, not my decision. Uh, I didn't get into trouble, but but it's 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 time to pass the mantle apparently. And you know we always we always talk about um, you know when God closes a door, we, you just kick it back open because that's how <laughs> doors work. <laughs> but you and I had been talking uh, informally about other opportunities uh, that yeah. might be available to you, and you decided, you know what, now's the time. Yep, you know I I had long said that if uh, I have anything to say about it. I will retire off of the motorcycle and that is no longer mm -hmm. an option. Mm -hmm. I was not going to promote. I was not going to do another assignment. That, that was it. I was going to literally ride into the in. sunset. And yeah. that is usually right when you make that decision, when that door closes. Yeah. So, so the wife says, you know, maybe this is God's way of, of, uh, kicking you out of the nest. Ooh. So, all right. Well, fair, fair enough. So long story short, uh, I have by this time, I may have already had the interview. I, I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, but I, I put in for uh, FTO to be a field training officer. Yeah, we talked about this on the show a little while back. Yep, absolutely. So that that uh, ship has sailed. Uh, that the, It's left the harbor, and who knows where it's going to dock, if it will mm -hmm. dock, if they see me and be like, oh, oh, honey, uh, thanks for putting in. <laughs> <laughs> or if they're, they'll be excited to have me. I don't know. But we will update as, as things change. Uh, when promotions, come, you know, opportunities come around, perhaps I will I will put in for yep. the uh, sergeant's position. I don't know. I'm not making that decision today. But for our purposes, I will still remain MC. And I think it's great that you'll have a new venue to crush souls. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's it might, true. It might go from <laughs> it might go from the drivers in the town. Uh, whose souls you're crushing to these new officers that are coming out yes. and you'll crush and, their souls and but driving me around, <laughs> but you'll do it in a way that, you know, our recent guest, Scott Harvey talked about, um, you have to, you have to have the empathy and you have to listen to them Yeah, and then crush their souls. Yes. So, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take their opinions into account. <laughs> All right. So that, that's, that's, that's the big news. Uh, thanks again to, to Tom for uh, thanks, asking us the question. Uh, again, go to wyeradio.com and uh, check out that little microphone. Click it, leave us a question, and uh, you could be featured on the next Ask WYE. Notice he didn't say we're going to answer your question. No, you'll no, just we, be featured. Maybe we'll do our best. Yeah, is that what we do? Yeah. Hey, Are you we doing ask, our best. You ask, we talk. That that is absolutely true. Well, until next time, I think we can still say it this way. Look out for planes. Be safe on the bike. Attention, <laughs> wide.